Good morning and welcome to the ninth episode of the second season of Sweet Seats. I'm here with Dallas Romberg, Anthony Schulte, and Lainey McMath. How's it going, everyone? Going good. Going good. All right, well, let's jump right into today's episode and talk about the World Cup. It really has been a World Cup of upsets this year, and of the upsets that have happened already, what do you guys, what do you guys think are your favorites? Definitely uh, Brazil versus Croatia. I never saw that one coming. Yeah, I got to go with uh, Brazil-Croatia, too. I mean, Brazil was one of my favorites going into it. I wanted Brazil to at least get to the final. And uh, losing to Croatia, I mean, that was pretty big when I was watching that. I didn't expect that to happen. I was like, is this really going to happen? And it did. Yeah, I mean, agree with them, too. And it's like they're one of the teams left, so. I personally think that Morocco versus Spain was my favorite upset. It was really like the Cinderella story. They've been the underdog this entire tournament. They topped their group over Spain, and then beating them in the knockouts was just humongous for them. Also, the U.S. men's national team, although sadly we have been eliminated, we did put up a really good fight against Netherlands. Do you guys think that maybe in a future World Cup we could come back and go really far to like a semifinal, maybe even ambitiously a final? I mean, we're a very young team, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of room to grow. So I feel like this was a really good learning experience and growing experience for them. So, I mean, possibly. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's a lot of room for improvement. So, like, if they practice and try, then eventually they could get there. Completely agree with Anthony and Laney there. Like, again, some of the bigger names, even in soccer, are moving out pretty soon, too. Ronaldo, Messi, those guys, are their age is catching up on them. So, you know. Yeah, they are getting up there. There are talks of this being their last World Cup. And mm-hmm. now Morocco, not Morocco, well, Morocco beating Portugal. Portugal now have no chance of winning the World Cup. Ronaldo, it's probably his last World Cup. He'll never get one under his belt. However, Messi and Argentina are still in it to win it. Who are you guys thinking are your favorites? Because I personally am going to go with Argentina because it's Messi's last World Cup. But who are you guys thinking? Personally, I've got to say Argentina too. Not just because, I mean, I only really know Messi is the only player I know in that World Cup race still, but you know it's just the best chance there is. I really ju- I want a France and uh, a France and Argentina final. Really, I feel like that would be an amazing follow Mbappe versus uh, Messi there. But um, I mean the fa- my favorite uh, the favorite team that I want to win it is probably Argentina, just so Messi can get that under his belt. Um, yeah, I'd say Argentina as well. Yeah, I'd agree with you guys, but um, France defeated Croatia in the 2018 World Cup, so I'm kind of, I think that they might have a chance just because they've already done it before. Yeah, you think they're going to be defending their title this year? Yeah, I think they're definitely, because they're already in the top four that are left, so I think that they have a chance. All right, I think we, I think we're going to move on now to NBA. I know Anthony's going to be really happy about yeah. this, so I'm just going to let him talk for a minute. What are you thinking about the Pistons this year, Anthony? Oh, jeez, we bring up the Pistons. Um, it's sad news seeing Kay Cunningham uh, out for the season with a shin injury, he's getting shin surgery. That's honestly the smart decision. I mean, he's a young player. You're not trying to let your franchise number one overall pick uh, have a lingering injury that's going to keep him injury prone. Nip it in the bud now, and uh, and uh, things will take care of themselves when we're actually playing meaningful basketball. But the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes, I'm not, I'm not complaining at being in the running for that guy. That guy is an insane talent. He's one of the best ever prospects. People are saying he's a better prospect than LeBron James ever was. So... Being in the running for him, and even the nice consolation prize if you don't get the first pick is Scoot Henderson. I mean, he's a, he's a wonderful player, one of the best point guard. Pro- I mean, he is the number one pick in every single draft since LeBron, but now he's the number two pick as a Victor Wembanyama. So it's in the uh, the Thompson twins, um, those are two very special talents in the draft too. So I mean, 
anything in the top four or five, I mean, I'm very happy with. What about you, Dallas? What do you think about the Pistons this year? Um, they've been, I mean, they've been doing all right. I think definitely there can be some work. But again, young team still, you know, Jay and Ivey, young guy. You've got, you've got some leaders on that team, though, some veteran leaders, definitely. But just, again, could use a lot of work and just need some of the young guys to really just to develop. It's really a big de de developmental year, especially for uh, Jay Nivey and Killian Hayes getting run in the backcourt with Kate Cunningham out. Um, it's going to be, I mean, Jay Nivey's been in a bit of a slump recently, but, uh, you know, be, seeing him be able to, you know, take that as an, a learning experience and grow from it, from it and get better from it. I mean, with Kate Cunningham in the lineup, yes, it makes watching the games easier, but it also we're playing Cade, well, now Killian's getting less run. Now Jay Nivey's getting less run. So it's good to be able to see the young guys be able to get more of a, a starting role and starter minutes to be able to grow their talents this season. Now kind of a dark horse this season has been the Pelicans. They've won quite a few games mm -hmm. here recently. And how do you guys think that they could be doing potentially for a playoff picture this season? I mean, they're the number one seed right now in the West. Um, they're very close with Grizzlies. They're uh, Pelicans 18-8, and eight, Grizzlies 18-9. and nine. The Pelicans are in, in there without, by the way, they're on this uh, seventh game, seven game win streak without their best player or their second best player, Brandon Ingram. He's out with a toe injury. So being able to do this, I mean, they have lots of depth on their team. They have lots of, of, of young guys that are really coming into their role. Jose Alvarado, Herb Jones has been out for a little bit, but Herb Jones before his injury has been pretty well. And Zion Williamson's just, he's, he's on a different level right now and he's really leading to these wins and these are quality wins too that they're getting these aren't against all scrub teams they're they're being some quality opponents so i mean i don't see them being at the top at the end of it i see them being more of a four or five seed but still i mean for a pelicans team that was in the plan last year it's wonderful they play today so we'll see how they mm -hmm. yeah see if they can pick up another win hopefully i mean an eight game win streak in the western conference right now i mean the western conference is is a is, is an elite conference i mean it's, everybody's got a winning record down to the 11th seed, and the 11th seed is 13-14. So it's a very competitive conference, a very talented conference at that. Now, who do you guys think could be potentially some front runners to go pretty deep into the playoffs this year? I know it may be early, but it's not too early to be talking about a potential front runner for a final or a championship. I mean, a, a solid one to stick with is the Bucks. I mean, Giannis Adetokounmpo, they're a deep roster. Chris Middleton, I know he just got injured ankle injury, but... Uh, having Chris Middleton back, uh, it's definitely for the playoffs, is going to be very good for them. They're, they've always been a very good team over the past three or four years. The Celtics are 21-7 and seven right now. They're no joke. Jason Tatum is the MVP frontrunner right now. Jalen Brown is the best sidekick, one of the best sidekicks in the NBA. And you've got depth there. I mean, Blake Griffin's playing pretty good for his role right now for what he's supposed to be doing. He's not Detroit Blake. He's not L.A. Blake. But he's playing the best he can right now given his the status of his career. They're getting Robert Williams back later in the season. They have Al Horford and Marcus Smart's former defensive player of the year, reigning defensive player of the year. So they're a very deep team in the East. So in the East, though, I, I see the Bucs and the Celtics really going deep. And the Nets have been surprising recently. They're 8-1 uh, and one over their last nine games. The, the, they're on a four-game win streak, and Kevin Durant's playing out of his mind. Kyrie Irving's putting all the drama earlier this season behind him. And, I mean, this Nets team, they're 17-12. and 12. They're the fourth seed. So they're making some noise right now after not being in the, in the playoff picture really at all. People really counted them out. But, I mean, like, never count out Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant's one of the best scorers of all time. Now I would like to move on to some NFL and talk about this weekend's game, 
the Detroit Lions pulling off a big, just humongous win against the Minnesota Vikings. What do you guys think? Did you think we could potentially make a playoff run this year? Um, you know, it's likely, but it's a hard one. We've got to probably win out the rest of the season. And, I mean, if we can get our receivers working together like we did that game, it'll be definitely a potential to happening. Um, I feel like it's a lot tougher since that Commanders and Giants tie because in the playoff, in the wild card playoff picture, we have the Seahawks, the uh, us, we have the Seahawks, we have uh, the Lions, we have the Commanders, and we have the Giants. Well, we had the tiebreaker over the Giants and Commanders. We both beat the Giants and Commanders, but we don't have the tiebreaker over the Seahawks. Well, since the Commanders and Giants tied, now they cannot, unless the Lions tie in a game, we cannot have an equal record. So we just lost two tiebreakers in that wild card. And they don't have another loss on their record. So that's pretty big when you're talking about Detroit Lions wild card contention. Um, well, first, first foremost, the Lions have to win out. And it's a pretty easy yeah. schedule to win out. The Jets are a, are a very tough task, but I feel like if the Lions can beat the, can beat the Vikings like they did last week and they're on a roll right now, I feel like it's possible, especially with their quarterback controversy. And um, the Bears are an easy, are a easy game. The Panthers, they're playing well of late, but they're a, a somewhat easy game. And the Packers, I mean, I'd be surprised if they're playing Aaron Rodgers when they're out of playoff contention. So it's an it's a, it's a easier road than most teams going towards the end of the season here. But that tie, I feel like that tie's really going to come back and bite us. Yeah, we just got to get a little bit lucky. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, it's all just about how they decide to play, too, like, and – like if they're working together and stuff. Yeah, yeah, if we come together for this game, for this next game and the next couple games down the road, it is potentially an easy schedule. But it's the Lions; they could definitely choke and potentially ruin their entire playoff contention. Yeah, but I mean, I don't, th- I don't think that's really the theme of the season is them uh, the same old Lions type thing. I mean, it's just been injuries, you know, and we're we're getting healthier. You know, our injuries are really dwindling down, and and our offense. I mean, look at a healthy DJ Shark is going for almost 100 yards in a tutty. You know, Amon Ross St. Brown's always due for 100 yards. Uh, Jamal Williams is a touchdown machine at the goal line. So, I mean, when, when everybody's healthy and you give Jared Goff weapons, Jared Goff becomes a very, very good NFL quarterback. So what, what, we're healthy. We're playing good right now. We're playing as a team. We're on a roll. And we're probably one of the hottest teams in the entire NFL right now. Just really quickly want to talk about one player in particular, though. Jamison Williams mm-hmm. coming yep. back. First reception of the game for a 41-yard touchdown throw from Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Nobody expected that, let's be honest. Well, not even the Vikings. The Vikings second, who, who was guarding him? I mean, I mean, he just, he just ran, did a little bit of a slant, a deep slant route, and he's wide open. I mean, his first NFL catch is a touchdown. And he ran around the stadium about two or three times after that. He was so excited. That was great to see. He was uh, high-fiving his dad, and you got to save that ball. you got to frame that ball because that was, that was a special moment right there. Yeah, for sure. But who are you guys thinking for potentially another deep playoff team this year, potentially going on to a conference championship and eventually to a Super Bowl? Um, I'm definitely seeing Chiefs, Bills, or even, you know, the Bengals, Joe Burrow, you know, just those teams, again, just coming back and making another big playoff run. I mean, in the, in the NFC, I mean, the Eagles. The Eagles are a good team. You know, the Eagles are a good team. They had that one loss against the Commanders. But, again, the Commanders are playing good football right now, too. So I think the, the Eagles are, are a good shout. I mean, the 49ers, since they got Christian McCaffrey, they've been playing great, great football. Uh, uh, their new quarterback, Purdy, after, um, after Garoppolo got hurt and then earlier in the season, 
Uh, Trey Lance got hurt. I mean, he's, he was playing good football against Tom Brady, too. So um, the NFC South, I don't really think we're worrying about anybody from the NFC South going to the playoffs in the NFC. Uh, the Vikings, I, I don't know if the Vikings are for real. I mean, I need to see they, – they haven't gotten any really – they got a win over the Bills, but they haven't gotten really any decisive more than 10-point wins, you know. Um, but really, in the, in, if, I'm t- if I'm picking two pl- teams from the NFC, I'm picking Eagles and 49ers right now. Yeah, it is nice to see Christian McCaffrey uninjured, playing mm-hmm. a little bit of consistent football. Because on the Panthers, he was just riddled with injuries. Two, three seasons in a row, just could not seem to stay off the injury reserve. Yeah. But I do think the 49ers could potentially be a deep playoff team, potentially to a conference championship, maybe even if they get lucky this year, a Super Bowl. And hopefully, D- they're saying Debo Samuel with that, uh, that ankle injury, and ankle and I think knee injury, I think he injured both of those on that play, devastating play. Um, I feel like he, they, they're saying he's be back for the end of the regular season. So when they're in, when they're trying to fight in the playoffs, they're going to have Debo back. They have Brendan Ayuk, who's a good who's a good receiver, and they have a pretty good defense. So we'll see. I do actually believe they did say it was an MCL injury. MCL. Okay. That is all the time we have today, though. But tune in next week to hear Daniel talk some more World Cup, some NHL, and college basketball. I'm Broden Janzerick here with Dallas Romberg, Anthony Schulte, and Laney McMath. 